You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and everybody, thank you very much for being here. Rodeo season, it is time, and today we are going to talk rodeo. I get to speak with Kevin Henson, who actually comes to us from our Caldwell store, and I'm going to let him explain this to you, but this guy is doing so much fun stuff, all involving the Western lifestyle, rodeo, music, working at DNB and many, many other things. And he is so invested in the sport of rodeo and helping young people to get involved. It's just a pleasure to speak with him and to find out about everything he's doing and the way he is just maximizing living here in the West to the max. Really, really great interview today. Very excited for you to hear it. And if you've ever wondered how animals find their way to rodeos, and wind up being used as those competitors, those bucking broncs or those bucking bulls. We have got all the answers for you today. Really, really fascinating kind of piece of inside baseball when it comes to what goes on behind the scenes in rodeo. So we'll have that coming up for you here in just a moment. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having us. Well, you know what? I I am really eager to talk to you. I'm always amazed with the different talent and interests of people that we have within the DNB Supply organization. And when I kind of found out about your resume, uh, that definitely stood out to me. So I'm really looking forward to this very first part where we ask you to to introduce yourself to our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Kevin Henson. I'm a junior rodeo stock contractor, uh, Rodeo Fever, our rodeo company. Uh, I've got a great country band. I think i got some really great guys that play music for me. Buck and Country is our country band. Been with DNB for 29 years. My home away from home. Great company to work for. Really good people and, and they help a lot with uh, schedule wise so I can get in and out of everywhere we need and, and really good people. Well, you know, as, as I was thinking about this interview and I was thinking about your resume, I was thinking, you know, some people just kind of go through life. They just kind of get that job and they just kind of put in their 40 hours and they just kind of go through life. And then some people just kind of maximize life to the brim. And I think you're the latter. I think you're the guy that's maximizing life to the brim. You've got a country band, you're, you're a stock contractor, and you're you're basically, from what I've heard, kind of a celebrity at DNB Supply. Well, I don't know about that part of it. <laughs> that part of it. It's nice to see some of the customers come in that you know you can visit with, and and uh, some of them that have been around the rodeo world a lot, and just the regular horse world. The other deal I forgot to say earlier was uh, I've been a farrier for 29 years, so I get to see a lot of these folks at their house, get a, a visit with them, uh-huh. get to see their kids grow up. Actually, last night we was talking to some people. I was doing their horse, and, and uh, uh, the husband rode bulls at my house, and then also his kid now is riding, and uh, that's pretty cool to see, mm-hmm. you know, just see them grow in the generations and how they can enjoy the horse world and just stuff around the farm. Well, yeah, because we didn't even mention that you train people for rodeo competition, right? What I really like to do is I usually bring in some guys that uh, have known and have rode before. I've used Brady Portnier, uh, Ty Portnier, his dad, which was an ICA bull riding champion. Mm-hmm. I've used uh, Chase uh, Robinson. I usually bring in some of those guys that really, really know. I can tell them which bulls will kind of buck, which ones won't, but I never rode bulls that good at all. And so I always felt like I just wanted to kind of help these guys 
And so that's the way that I can kind of bring it to the table by letting the guys that really know how to do it, do it. And I can kind of bring in the stock and let's work on their guys' ability and kind of work with the kid. If we just go out there and buck him off in one jump, he ain't going to want to do that forever. So mm-hmm. kind of work with them a little bit and, and kind of, you know, kind of work them into it. And if they're on it one time and they decide, hey, this just is not for me, it's okay too. Everything's happy that way. And if they decide that, hey, I want to I wanna try this a little bit further, then we kind of advance them a little bit and work with them that way. Now, which D&B supply store are you at? I'm here at the one at Caldwell, the original D&B. Okay. There's uh, 14 stores, 15 coming in the fall. And uh, I remember when we had four stores. Back wow. in the old days, so yeah, just just four, and and uh, it's really grown, and it's really nice for the community, for the for the growth. It's easier for some of these people to get in and out of the stores. Mm-hmm. I wish we could still say we could get plenty of more people to come and help us. Where everybody's in a shortage for help, it seems like. Oh but, yeah, uh, we're always looking. If anybody's out there looking for <laughs> a, a job, <laughs> come see me. Now, do you have do you have some sort of a specialty or title or something like that with DMB? Right here at the at DMB, um, I'm over there with the feed, feed and tax supply. That's my favorite home away from home. Okay. So uh, we, with the cattle feed, horse feed, horseshoes, there's some of this other stuff in the store I have no clue, and there's plenty of great, great guys that know all about that stuff. Uh-huh. And so I try sending them, you know, if somebody comes in with a chainsaw question, go see these guys. Yeah. Jesse and those guys are really great guys. And, you know, I want to stay more with the horse end and, and the cattle end and stuff like that. All right. So how, I mean, with everything we listed off that you're doing, how do you have enough time in the week, enough time in the day to do all of this? There's a lot of hours in there. Um, this weekend, we're headed to a rodeo actually tonight. I load up about 4.30 and, and head to Riggins for that rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, we were sorting cattle last night about 12.30 to get everything kind of ready. So we get, I can really sleep good if I'm driving in the truck as long as there's no corners. And those the corners are not very good for me. But uh, um, other than that, I got really great guys that I that work with us and help us, and so it makes it a lot lot smoother in just everything. But put a lot of hours in, and and uh, there was one of those country songs uh, a long time ago saying you can sleep when you're dead. I kind of <laughs> believe that song. <laughs> and when but, you, uh, when you say you can sleep good in the truck as long as there's no corners, you mean with somebody else driving? Yeah, with somebody else driving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Gotcha. All right. Well, well. what is the name of this band? I, I want to ask you a little bit about this before we go to our first break. You bet. Um, our band is called Buck and Country. We'll be back at the Jordan Valley Rodeo this year. This will be our 11th year back there in Knock on Wood. We'll be at the Snake River Stampede in uh, Nampa, first three nights. Been our 12th year up there playing. We'll be at the Cherry Festival over in Jim County. We try mixing a bunch of when I'm in town for some of these rodeos. Then uh, I try kind of book into the bar or to the fair so uh, when we're done doing chores and feeding and we can just go have a good time play some music and then most of the time we got to go back and do chores because we didn't get them done in time uh-huh. and uh, so it kind of all mixes it but like i said i got some really really great players that have been with me for a long time and uh um, super super great guys are like my family and uh they just really enjoy what they do because there's not enough money in playing music either and uh um, so you really got to enjoy what you're doing well obviously and and sounds like you do what kind of country do you play like old like Waylon and willie type stuff new stuff a combination of the two what do you play 
we kind of mix it up a little bit, depending on where we're at and kind of where the venue is. I kind of like, I really love some of the older stuff. is really great, and you can kind of rock it up a little bit. And then um, some of the new stuff, Jason Aldean, some of your George Strait stuff. I like to mix it up where you can have a few fast songs and then a couple slow ones, a few fast. Mm-hmm. So those guys out there dancing, they don't want to hear fast all night long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and if I go listen to a band, I don't want to hear... You know, I want to be able to dance with my wife and enjoy life too. You know, sure. Just yeah. So no, that's how I try to mix it up. Like if I was out there, what would I want to kind of hear? All right. And then as far as your role in the band, what instrument are you the lead singer? I mean, what what part do you play in the band? I'm I'm the rhythm guitar. Yeah, rhythm. I, I play rhythm, and uh, I got a great great lead guitar guys played for a lot a lot of years and then my bass player uh fred romero really great guy he sounds like freddie fender so any uh, anything of freddie fender we can do every night um sounds exactly like him and then my i got a couple great great drummers that we use and uh so just really good guys to be honest with you Very couldn't, cool. couldn't been uh couldn't have been better with those guys. <laughs> so when I get done, I always go down and sell concessions every year for the 4-H at the Snake River Stampede. When we get done and we walk out that main entrance and there's the stage set up and the band playing, that's you guys? That's us right there. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we're there usually the first week, the first uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because we got a couple other different rodeos, too, that we had on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And then there's some great guys. Um, this year be Grant Webb playing Saturday. Um, I'll do another, uh, the Cherry Festival, actually, with Grant Webb uh, in June. And so we kind of split it up a little bit that way. And it's kind of kind of nice when they can do that, too, so somebody can hear a little bit of mixture of everything. Okay. Yeah, and just come out those doors and right up there on top, have a good time, get your autograph signed by all the rodeo queens and everybody's up there and camp out, get a little bit of dancing in and mm-hmm. let those rest of those people drive off in their cars so you easier <laughs> to pull out there. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. All right. So I haven't even got to talking to you about stock contracting yet. We'll do that when we come back from the break. One last question before we go to break. You said you're heading up to Riggins. You're obviously taking stock up there. Have you ever ridden an ice chest down the hill? Um, no, I've seen lots of my buddies uh, ride the old uh, ice, uh, the coolers down the hill. They look really, 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 really good when they're doing it. Uh, usually it's the bottom and that stop that kind of hurts them. But uh, no, I kind of like to save my body for a few other things besides that, that crazy hill. It is truly a crazy hill. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll finally start talking about stock contracting. All right. Sounds good. Wrangler is made for those who roll with the times. Stop by D&B Supply for summer looks that fit in anywhere life takes you. With a modern take on iconic Western style, Wrangler has new styles and great fits in shorts, tees, dresses, and more. For everyday life and epic moments, Wrangler is always ready to roll. Some things never go out of style. For classic wardrobe staples that stand the test of time, get your Wrangler wear at D&B Supply. Get charged up for your garden work this spring with the all-new HSA 25 battery-powered garden shears from Steel. Available at your favorite DMB Supply for just $119.95, these shears are perfect for detail-oriented trimming, making it easier than ever to make quick work of all your garden projects. And with a name like Steel, you can trust they'll last season after season. So head to DMB and trim down your spring to-do list with the first-ever battery-powered garden shears from Steel. All right, Kevin. Well, now that we're back, let's finally start talking about stock contracting. So that is one of the many things that you do, and that's why you're heading up to Riggins, I assume. Tell us, tell us what a stock contractor does for people who are not involved in rodeo. Kind of introduce them to this this field. All right. 
right. On the stock contracting end, and I'm a junior contractor, so most of the ages I deal with are from 7 years old to 14 years old. That's where I specialize. Those are some of my favorite guys. So on that end of it, when we haul them up, haul, take care of the stock, truck them in, feed them, water them. They're like truly my, my best friends and my, my buddies. Mm-hmm. So whenever we're, uh, you know, bucking them around in the arenas and stuff, always taking care of them, make sure that they're in the best shape that they are, feed them really good, give them a lot of grain, a lot of water, and, uh, you know, just kind of take care of them because they're truly a, a super athlete at all ages, even from the other guys that are doing the high school divisions or the pro divisions. I mean, they, they've got a lot of money invested in those animals. And uh, so, you know, we want, them, we want them to be at the best that they can be also. So what types of animals will you take to the rodeo? Will you take just cattle? Will you take cattle and horses? Uh, what will you be involved with there? So on this rodeo, actually, I, I'm a subcontractor through um, King Cattle Company, Gene King. And uh, so I just take the junior bulls. That's all we take up there for okay. the, the junior steer riding bulls. And so he, he actually will have all the other bucking horses, the bigger bulls, the roping cattle and all that. So at quite a few of these rodeos, say like Caldwell Night Rodeo, Nampa, Snake River Stampede, they'll have a main contractor and then they'll have all these subcontractors. So the subcontractors mm-hmm. will actually might bring in 10 head or 5 head and they bring all those in and that's what makes your rodeo the best that it can be. So they, there's a lot of times you'll see subcontractors at rodeos. It's pretty common. Got it. So a stock contractor is not only raising animals and supplying them to rodeos, but they're also coordinating with other people who are doing the same to, to get the best livestock in there. Right. Kind of like at the national finals where, you know, they pick out maybe 50 different contractors. One might bring one or two head, one might bring three or four, and that's how you get the best stock of the best. And so some of these other rodeos around here in the Valley, there's four or five different contractors that work together really good, Mm -hmm. and they do the same thing, kind of working together. And that's truly an an art in itself, working with some of those other contractors because you got so much stock at a rodeo. Everybody's kind of got to get along. The stock's got to get along. Mm-hmm. It's got to be in pretty good sync when you're when you're loading in and out of pins at a pretty timely manner. So how does how does a person get started in this business? How did you get started with stock contracting? Uh, when I first started, we were doing some team roping stuff, and I had some kids that wanted to kind of get on. And I always liked the rough stock. You know, I love the team ropers. Nothing against those guys. Those guys are great guys too. And uh, but just seeing some of those young guys get on some rough stock and and uh, see them when they finally get one covered and just the love and excitement in them. And that's kind of which way I I started going more and more. And then when I was riding bucking horses, I'd bring in a few bucking horses and hop on them for practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then some of my friends would come over and get on, and, and it kind of grew that way. And then I got a couple chances to take some stock to some rodeos, and and uh, it was pretty nice to, you know, finally get a go to a rodeo and, uh, you know, with seeing your, your horse that you raised, you know, maybe buck out there and buck somebody off. And it was pretty cool, you know, that way. Or see him ride it and, and get a good score and know that you did a good job. Yeah, that's interesting, and the pride that comes with it, I can I can totally imagine that. Now, will will any animal that you raise up, whether it be a bull or a steer or a horse, will it buck if you want it to buck, or does that take a special animal you have to select for that? That takes a lot, a lot of training in that deal. We have practice pins in the spring that we buck right there at the house. We'll bring everybody in and go through them, but I would say maybe, I would say probably around that 10%. 
actually will do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of them that doesn't. A lot of people think, I can just go out and buy a bull, run him to a rodeo, and put him in, and he's just going to be perfect. you got to handle him. They go in the chute, and the guy gets on his back, and he the bull goes crazy, and he acts stupid. You don't want that either. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot of training that goes to... When folks get to some of these rodeos and that animal just stands there, yeah. there's hours of training that happens before that. Some of the ones we start at the house are like in yearling bulls, and some of the younger kids get on them, but they're trying it right in there. They're, it's just going through the paces, learning how to stand still, be good, not flip over, be stupid. And then as they grow up and get bigger, our theory is they're going to get better. And some do, and some of them you know, they remind me of, of kids, some of you can talk to, and they go in and, all right, I got this figured out. And the next one goes in and wants to just flip over and lay down and he don't want to play, then then he can't do that at a rodeo either. Sure. So, yeah, so I, I would say maybe 10%. We go through a lot of them each year trying to figure out which ones are going to be where they need to be. That's real interesting. So I'm thinking to some rodeos I've been to where there's a bull, it's in the chute, uh, the cowboy's getting on, but I mean, there's a big delay because that bull is just so restless, so riled up and being a little bit ignorant. So if that happens and it's kind of delaying the rodeo, do the main stock contractors or the people who are in charge of the rodeo, do they kind of point at that bull and go, okay, that's the last time we want this guy here? Yeah, you get a couple warnings on it uh, that they'll do that, but that does delay your rodeo and it's actually harder on the cowboy too and the bull, but uh, um they will give you a couple warnings and say, hey, this one, you know, got to get something figured out. So on that particular bull, we'd take him back to the house, put him in the chute a little bit, maybe give him some grain while he's in there, let him relax, give him a massage, let him know, hey, this is the right place to be. So, you know, if he doesn't feel like this is not a good spot, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we work with them that way. If they get back home and they just keep doing it, then, you know, then we, we won't be able to use him for that. Yeah, he gotcha. won't be able to be a rodeo athlete because yeah. they truly got to do that. There's a lot that those bulls got to do. And you, I got a couple of them at the house that you can go in a pen, you can pet them, you can give them grain. They're really super great. They go in, they stand in the chute, they go out and buck. And as soon as they're done bucking, they're going to go and they want to nail every clown in the arena. And then they come back a few minutes later and then they're just all calmed down. They're just really, you know, kind of like a racehorse running out, run, 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 mm-hmm. stop, hey, everything's good. And that's kind of how some of these are, too, that are the, the better ones are, are easier to handle. Well, I think it speaks a lot to the care for the animals as well. I mean, if you're saying 10% of them can possibly make it and go compete, and then you've you've got a good one, one that's performing and doing what you want it to do, you obviously want to take very good care of that animal because you want them to do it again for the next rodeo and the next rodeo and the next rodeo. Right. Yep, that's for sure, because like some of these that we got on this truck that are going um, to Riggins this weekend, some of those we've bucked 10 to 12 years, mm. um, the same ones. And so, I, I, you know, they've slowed down a little bit in over the years, um, but they're still a good quality animal. And they're, you know, like I said, they're some of my best buddies and like my friends, part of the family, actually. Our kids have named them and talked to them and, you know, they've been around. All right, well, let's take our second break, and then when we come back, I want to ask you, you know, just about how most stock contractors do this if they specialize in things like that, okay? 
You got it. When you love your dogs and cats like members of the family, you feed them like family too. Dish out the best nutrition for your furry. Dish out the best nutrition for your furry little friends with Blue Pet Food. Available at DNB Supply. Blue starts every dog and cat food recipe with real meat, then adds in garden vegetables and antioxidant-rich fruit. Blue Pet Food does not contain artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. Plus, there's never any corn, wheat, or soy, and no chicken or poultry byproduct meals. For every four-legged member of your family, stop on by DNB Supply for Blue Pet Food. When weeds take over your lawn, you can crab about it or you can pick up bio-advanced all-in-one weed and crabgrass killer at D&B Supply. Just spray, then say goodbye to over 200 listed broadleaf and grassy weeds, all without harming your lawn when applied as directed. The ready-to-use bio-advanced all-in-one weed and crabgrass killer also includes a non-staining red marker that fades with sunlight to show treated weeds. Pick up a bottle at D&B and enjoy a weed-free lawn in no time. All right, Kevin. Well, I wanted to ask you this as we were going out to that second break, but when it comes to stock contractors, when it comes to the animals they're raising on their their farm, their ranch, do they concentrate on just one event or are some stock contractors raising horses as well as cattle? Most of the time that I see is most of these contractors will kind of specialize in what they would it's say if it's a buck and bull deal, say for example, like Jimmy Young and those guys over there in CUNA and towards Melba Wise, they raise just buck and bulls. That's all they do for the PBR, and they got some great, great buck and bulls. You'll get some of these other guys that, uh, like Drew Blessinger and those guys, they'll have some buck and bulls, then they'll breed a few buck and horses, and so they'll kind of do that, but they'll have other people that they subcontract cattle through mm-hmm. for like the team roping ends, the calf roping ends, and they, they'll just concentrate on the rough stock, the stuff that they, they usually haul in and, mm-hmm. and uh so that's the kind of stuff they kind of raise and, and kind of like it that way. Well, you know, it's it's interesting talking about this because when it comes to the business of rodeo and the financial side, there's there's a few different sides to it. But when you're when you're at the rodeo, the announcers are talking about how much a particular cowboy or cowgirl has made that year. Uh, you can look in the program and you can see what the purses are for each event and what individual competitor could potentially win. But then there's the other side to it, and that's with the stock. So how do the stock contractors get paid, and is it based on the performance of the animals they bring? Most of the time, there's a couple different ways that we get hired by the rodeo. Sometimes it's a, a set fee, so whatever it is, you'll say, I'll bring them for $5,000, and I'll bring 10 head of this and 20 head of this, whatever, and some rope and cattle, like high school rodeos and stuff. Uh-huh. And that's kind of which way you're set. Other rodeos are set per out. So if it's, say, they're going to give you from $25 to $200 an out, depending on the size of the rodeo. So that's what your animal would make. So if he bucks everybody off, he don't make any more money than if they ride him. Okay. There's there's nothing that way. But you do want to bring livestock that is rider-friendly. Um, that always helps because you sure hate to have a bunch of real bad stuff, and then nobody wants to enter the rodeos because they don't want to get on your stuff. I want to make sure I have some stuff there that these kids can think, hey, I can ride this, and uh, I can make it instead of I can just get dumped by all of them, and I don't want that. So there's got to be a balance there, right? I mean, when you say rider-friendly, you mean something that that the competitors have the potential to complete the eight-second ride on. Is that what you mean? Right, right. There's some in there that I know that, yep, there's going to be some of these. I should probably have at least four rode this weekend. Mm-hmm. In in my mind, there's that we should at least have four of these rode pretty easy. And So then it's up to the, the cowboy at that point when they get to the rodeo and get that mindset, then it's up to them. Now – 
but when it comes to a rider friendly bull, we'll just take a bull as an example. Doesn't the the performance or the difficulty of the ride affect the score that the cowboy gets as well? Yeah, it does. Depending on how that bull bucks, if he spins both ways, if he just jumps across the pen, you know, there's a lot of that that does the, the difficulty. And most of those judges, I would say probably 95% of the judges have either been a rough stock rider before or most of those committees hire guys that really do know. It's not just somebody out there holding a piece of paper and thinking that they know what the scores are. Mm-hmm. They've actually wrote them, so they know what the difficulties is. And there's some some judging charts that they go off of also for like on the on the buck and stock. Mm-hmm. Now, when you you talked a little bit about the training of these animals, but how, how do you train? an animal to buck do you, do you just have to somebody get on it and see if he's got that in his nature yeah most of the time we try them a couple different ways some of the deals in the pbr and the prca they're using these little boxes that they put on like a eight month old or a yearling bull and it's got a little automatic strap to it so when they buck for six or eight seconds they push a button and it falls off okay. some guys use those and those are really cool they're called a bucking dummy then there's other contractors that will bring us some other younger stuff they're younger bulls and i got some kids that are 10 to 12 years old that have probably been on easy three or four hundred head of bulls that are really good kids and they're they've got a lot of heart to them and they'll get on one in a shoot fight with it a little bit in the shoot and then it goes out and then we find out if he's you know kind of where that bull is that's my favorite way to do it mm-hmm. and uh and then it, it actually helps the kid so he can kind of figure out how to do if he gets a rougher one sometime, but it also helps the stock to know how it, how they're going to stand up, how they're going to feel with their legs when they're going, and there's more weight on their body and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there are animals that you might put the bucking dummy on, or you might put a young man on, and they're just not uh-huh. going to buck. They're just they're just like right. They're fine with it, basically. Yep, yeah. Oh, they'll go out there and jump in the air and fall over and and uh, stuff like that. And we don't want them to fall over. We mm-hmm. want them to keep their feet and their balance and not just go out there and go crazy, you know, that way bucking and think this is the way it is. We don't want that. All right. Now, how do you determine or does the rodeo determine what kind of, and we'll use bulls again, uh, that they want brought? So, for example, a dehorned bull or caps on the on the horns or... All natural. Yeah, I mean, most, most of these rodeos, we got regulations we have to go by, and and so uh, the horn size has to be a fifty cent piece. So they got to be squared up. So uh, on those, some of the roping cattle have to be a certain length. So they measure off those, and if we don't, then we can get a fine for doing it. Same thing if our our bull doesn't stand in the chute, and the judges say, hey, you need to get this one checked, and they, if they, if we keep bringing that same kind of animal, mm-hmm. then we can get a, a pretty good fine for it. So we don't want to do that. Okay. You know, we want to work with them. If he's not going to work, then he's not. If, if not, uh, we really got to watch those regulations. So horn-wise, for safety, um, we cut those back keeping them, you know, so there's no pointed edges on them. Same thing when these bulls are even trucked with each other and they're hitting each other. Mm-hmm. I don't want no points out on their head. They, you know, typical boys, they just want to fight all the time yeah. when they're in a pen or in a trailer. And So I don't want none of them getting gouged with anything either. All right, let's take another break. But when we come back, I want to ask you kind of about the state of rodeo today and, and how it's trending, okay? You got it. Feeding your pet's lifelong health starts with science, and that's exactly what's behind Hill Science Diet. Made by vets, scientists, and nutritionists, 
Hill Science Diet offers biology-based nutrition for all pets with formulas for every age, size, and special requirement or need, like joint health and weight loss that create differences you can see, feel, and trust. No wonder it's the number one veterinarian-recommended pet food. So pick up Hill Science Diet at D&B Supply today. It's time to power up your plans for summer fun by picking up a Honda generator at D&B Supply. Available in a variety of configurations, you know you can rely on a Honda generator for the long haul because it's a Honda. Get staying power for RVing, camping, tailgating, and other off-the-grid fun. Even use it as a convenient, reliable backup for outages at home. Designed to power your adventures in life, grab a Honda generator today at your favorite D&B supply. All right, Kevin. Well, let's talk about the state of rodeo today. So you're talking about these young folks that are coming out and they're helping you out and and getting on animals in your chute and and things like that. What's going on with young people going into this sport? Are we seeing it go up? Are we seeing it go down? What's it look like? Well, right now, there's been some... uh some declines a little bit on some of these guys. And, uh, I, I know some of these poor little kids are going all year long. If they're not playing soccer all year or basketball or baseball, and then trying to squeeze rodeo in there a little bit too. So I do see some decline in numbers, even in the pros and uh, working our way down. Sometimes it is a little bit more expensive than some of those people, you know, think that when you start adding up fuel and getting to rodeos and entry fees and drive all night long, there's a lot of expenses in there, too, that a guy's got to worry about. They are working on a lot of different stuff uh, at the national finals for even the little kid divisions, and that's been really cool to see some of those guys grow up with the mini bull circuit deal mm-hmm. and uh, the mini bucking horses. It's nice to see them kind of growing some more guys up there. But we are truly in a needing some more riders. If there's anybody out there that is aged from 7 to 14 that wants to try it, they're more than welcome to give me a call anytime and or go to Rodeo Fever on Facebook. It has our rodeo schedules, tells us how when to rodeo or take our entries. We can work any way we can with any of those guys at all out there. So uh, it's almost like it's not like baseball where there's like a farm system. If if you want to be a rodeo athlete, you've just got to go out and do it and work your way up, right? Yeah, and some of those, and there is certain divisions, like on that baseball deal, that you'd go, you'd go to like your ICA rodeos, your amateur rodeos, so you'd go to those once you win, you know, and you're doing, feeling good and confident, then you can go to get your pro permit, mm-hmm. you win a certain amount of money on your pro permit, and then they graduate you up. So you just couldn't just say, I want to ride bulls. I can call the snake or stampede and get entered. It doesn't work that way. you got to go through a lot of chains to get up. Only the best guys can get to some of those rodeos. Well, keeping, keeping in line with that metaphor, that baseball metaphor, when it comes to the really top-of-the-heap rodeos, if you will, so I, I, the NFR, things like the Snake River Stampede, maybe the PBR, how does that work when they're trying to put together that stock? I know we talked about the way contractors subcontract a little bit, but the, are there actually scouts that go out and they look for particular animals and they go, we want this animal in this event? Yeah, on some of those. I'm actually with the, the Caldwell Night Rodeo on board, and uh, I'm on that one too. And so there's some great group of guys that um, work with Hank Franzen, which is the main contractor for there, Powder mm-hmm. River Rodeo Company. Great, great guys. And Hank does that as the main contractor. He wants his rodeos to be some of the best. So he will actually be looking at other contractors and telling them, hey, you know, this is what rodeo I got. 
you know, bring us yours. And then, so that's kind of where that is. So it doesn't, it's not really up to a committee, a rodeo committee to say they got enough people, you know, that are doing stuff. And most of those rodeo committees are people in your community that are, you know, going to rodeo, helping, volunteering, doing gates, you know, setting up food and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there's a few people on the rodeo boards that that really know what's going on on the stock end of it. Mm-hmm. But most of the other guys are really great people and do a great job. But the stock end of it just isn't their kind of thing. Okay. That's well, where you can rely on that stock contractor that you hire as a rodeo committee. He's the guy that's going to do that for you. Okay. Okay, let's switch animals really quick. I want to talk about rough stock but horses for a moment. So what makes the best bucking horse? Is it a mare, gelding? What are we looking for? Or does it just depend on the individual horse? It's kind of based on the individual horse. The, what I've seen in the past, there's been some really great stud horses out there that buck really great. I've always found that the stud horses want to do a little bit more bitey kind of thing. And uh, then you got the mare thing, and she wants to do a little bit more. Um, if she's in heat, want a little bit more kicky kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it can be a little bit of a mixed all the way across the pen. Some of the best ones I've found have been some old kind of spoiled horses that, you know, somebody tried breaking and, and they started bucking that cowboy off and then they kind of like it a little bit more. Those are some of the favorite ones that I normally see. They're really easy to handle, good horses to be around, but they're a little bit more trashy on the, on that other end of it. So that's what I see a lot of those kind. But there's people that raise bucking horses and breed them just for i want this athletic ability so um and a lot of it has to do with being athletic okay let's take our final break i want to ask you specifically about the animals how they come up through the ranks when we come back all right you got it it's a pretty super life here at dmb supply even for dogs and cats because we now carry wildology the only pet food with super life pro a live probiotic blended with superfoods Wildology is filled with the good stuff your pet needs to support a healthy body and immune system, like wholesome proteins, kale, chia seeds, and blueberries. Because a healthy pet makes for a happy pet. Unleash your pet's superpower and pick up Wildology cat and dog food at your favorite DNB supply. It's lawn care season, and that means a return to the battle with unwanted weeds. DNB Supply makes your lawn and garden shootout simple with Orthos ready to spray Weed Be Gone. Weed Be Gone Weed Killer is guaranteed to kill weeds to the roots. Plus, with the convenience of ready-to-spray packaging, you can arm yourself and kill over 250 weeds easier than ever. So make your battle with weeds a breeze with Orthos Weed Be Gone. Available at your favorite DNB Supply. All right, Kevin. Well, I want to ask you about the animals. So I guess the first question I've got is, depending on the type of rodeo you're involved in, are there weight restrictions on the animals that can be ridden by the competitors? Uh, no, I don't usually see a weight restriction on that. If it's like in our junior rodeos, we try not, you know, really using like a 2,000-pound bull that's never been hardly bucked at all. We don't try using him in a high school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And most of these contractors are pretty good about that. You might have a 2,000-pound bull that's, say, an older one that might be retired. He would be able to fit that particular rodeo. Or a younger bull that maybe weighs 800 pounds that hasn't rode, hasn't been on a lot of trips. Yeah, he might work for that junior division, but no weight limits usually. You want him to be able to be able to handle them, buck good, 
be what they need to do. I got one bull that I think he's uh, been around probably 15 years. Great, great bull. Uh, he's been up and down the road forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and some days he, he thinks he's at the PBR <laughs> and just wants to buck and go crazy. And the next day he thinks he just run across the pasture feeling good. So it's kind of whatever he wants to do. He can, he can just do it. But. So I'm picturing a, a high school kid showing up for a junior rodeo and there's a selection of bulls and you're going to draw a bull to ride and you're looking at one that's 800 pounds then you're looking at one that's 2,000. Uh, do their eyes get big when they see a bull that big there? Yeah, both ways. Even in our junior division, like on some of our steers, we've got some steers that will weigh probably 1,100 pounds. So when you get a kid that's, you know, 80 pounds and he draws one of those, but uh, my always theory is on the on the kid that really can ride and think about things and has the right mindset because it's got to be totally in their mind that they can do this. Mm-hmm. That kid will, in his mind, think I can ride that big one just as easy as I can ride that little one, and they they're set that way because some of those bigger ones truly are a little bit easier to ride. Then if you took like a little 300-pound Brahma cross mm-hmm. and you took a 600-pound Coriani cross, the Coriani cross should be a little bit easier to ride. But those kids sometimes will say, I want that little one. <laughs> well, you'd be the one that's ride, like riding a cougar out of control. <laughs> now, how, how old will, will a horse or a bull be at their first rodeo? Is there, is there a way to gauge that? I see some of those guys sometimes, depending on where it's at, if I can buck some of those future bulls that I want for the long term, if I can buck them at a yearling or a long yearling like this weekend in Riggins, there'll be some yearling bulls in there that have maybe been bucked 10, 15 times. We're gonna, this will be a trial rodeo for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then on the older ones, on the bigger guys, we try having them developed where their bones are a little bit bigger. So I would say uh, between a two- and three-year-old bull, is going to be some starts, but most of those bulls in the three average is what I normally see, three, four years old as they grow up in the five-year-olds, mm-hmm. and just the muscle mass just gets bigger, and they just get so much smarter, and, and uh, the way they're built and fed. Now, sometimes, uh, like, you go to the Snake River Stampede, you go to Caldwell Night Rodeo, uh, a PBR event, and a bull that's getting ridden is almost as big a celebrity as the cowboy that's getting on him. They announce the name, the record of the bull, and you know, all of a sudden it, it becomes this this almost head-to-head competition. Well, I mean, it is each and every time, but it's almost special for this one particular bull. How does a bull kind of work its way up to get that, if you will, celebrity-type status? I think that it kind of works on the ability of the bull and uh, and how he grows and how smart he is. We got one bull that will be with us again at Riggins, and he's been rode once in five years, but he did not get big enough to head on to, like, the PBR status. Uh-huh. He only weighs about 900 pounds, so and that's his full – he'll never get any bigger. Okay. But for in the high school division, this guy can buck really good. I, I look for him to probably get rode four or five times this year. But going into this year, he's been rode once in five years. And and all the kids are like, oh, that's him, that's him. And he's the one I was telling you about that we can pet him. And then he goes out and he wants to fight with all the clowns. Yeah. But then he comes back in and he's just like super great. You can pet him and everything's cool. But I think the more that they get on and some of those kids see that, how they buck, how they act. I got another one that really, really is athletic and he really likes to fight. Hasn't got road yet this year, but he's only been about 10 trips out. So, I mean, anything can happen on him. 
but uh, just kind of getting that and the kids. The kids say, oh, I want to ride that one and mm-hmm. kind of challenge themselves to it a little bit. Now, you know, if you go if you go watch horse racing and or you keep up with like the, the Kentucky Derby or things like that, you hear about these great horses and once they get retired – they're going to use them for stud service so they can have more great horses uh, like this one that's been running. Is it hold true in rodeo as well if you've got a great stud horse that bucks really well or a great bull? Uh, when their career is is ending or even when it's the off season, are, do you try and breed back to those animals so you can get more just like them? Oh, yeah. So what they'll try doing is when some of those bulls get in, say like D&H Cattle Company, those guys have like 400 and some head of mother cows, and those are all babies out of some of those other bucking bulls. Mm -hmm. So then those are bred and bred, and and then they go through their system and see which ones are really athletic. A lot of those heifers are really super athletic. Actually, some of those heifers can buck better than some of the bulls, and then they just breed those back and, and keep them going, but... Yeah, it's a good future for him. It really is. Well, I could keep going on and on and on about this, Kevin. It's fascinating, and I love the sport. Is there anything I have not asked you about that you would want the world to know about rodeo or stock contracting or anything like that? Uh, I would just like to think, you know, that how I feel and these, like in our little bulls and stuff, they really are part of the family. I know sometimes people get the misconception that we're mean to them and stuff, but these are, these are not, I mean, I really, if they're, they're an athlete for me, I need them to buck good, do what they got to do. We feed them good, take good care of them. And, uh, when they're hurting and they don't feel good, then I feel like it's one of my kids that isn't hurting, mm-hmm. you know, it's hurting and I'm trying to kind of get him fixed up that way too. And that just that the rodeo in general is, is a good atmosphere. It's a good for the kids. It, it all connects with 4-H, FFA. It's all a circle that's in there. Even if a kid doesn't team rope or calf rope, if he just wants to ride a horse later in life mm-hmm. and just be part of the Western lifestyle, then that's okay too. It's all, it's all good. Well, one last time, if there's anybody out there, especially a young person who's interested in rodeo and they don't know how to get started, uh, you had a place for them to go where they could contact you and, and you could help them out. What was that again? It's it's under Rodeo Fever on Facebook, so you can go right there. And then that has our rodeo schedules, has our phone number on it, our practice schedules, has all that other good stuff out there too. So, yeah, just get a hold of us or, you know, feel free to give us a holler anytime and we'll get you fixed up. Kevin, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Great to get to know you. Yeah, nice meeting with you too, and hopefully we'll get to see you at the Stanker River Stampede or the Caldwell Night Rodeo or get you out to one of those. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.